looking at what it means to be a neighbor. And we're going to be looking specifically at what Jesus said today. He gave a parable about a good Samaritan. Uh, that was when the question was asked, who is my neighbor? This is the parable that Jesus gave in reply. And, and so we're going to be looking at that today. Uh, who is our neighbor and how to be neighboring? And so uh, as we as we're not just today, but over this month, we're going to be looking at different aspects of what that looks like to, to be a good neighbor. Uh, and so uh, today, I just encourage you to, to go ahead and open your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, whether that's uh, a, a Bible or a Bible app, or you can follow along on the screens. But we're going to be, I'm going to read out of Luke 10, starting in verse 25. And this is where Jesus was asked the question about neighboring. And so we're going to see this. But as you're going there, I just want to start off with telling you what the main idea of today is. Because I, I want each of us to, to have this idea that neighboring is not just something that we should kind of think about every once in a while. Neighboring, I think, is about loving our neighbors it, loving our neighbors is about being prayerfully present with people. So when we're, when we're thinking about this today, who is, our, who is our neighbor? And especially as Jesus is defining this, and we're looking at who is our neighbor. In each of these cases, and every, uh, each person that's involved, how are we prayerfully present? So those are kind of the key words there, prayerfully present. And those are actually the words that you'd have to write if you fill it in on the blanks. Uh, how are we prayerfully present to the people that God has put in our path? And so, as we think about that today, and we'll, we'll keep talking about that, prayerfully present, um, let's go ahead and, and look at, at the scripture of Luke 10, starting in verse 25. On one occasion, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Okay? He said, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus gave a question. He answered a question with a question. He said, Well, what is written in the law? And, and how do you read it? Okay, so he, he throws the question back at him. Well, you want to know how to inherit eternal life? Well, what does the Bible say? What is the Old Testament that you have, that you've studied? What does that teach you? And how do you understand it? All right, so then in verse 27, the man replies, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all of your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Where did he find this? Where, where, where is he, you know, he, he's... He knows this because this is what, first of all, uh, this, this summarizes the, the two, or these, this is a summary of the Ten Commandments. These two commands Jesus had said earlier, that these are the commands that kind of, in all of the Ten Commandments, summarize by loving God with everything and loving your neighbor as yourself. And, and he also, so he got that from hearing it from Jesus, but he also got it from what the, law, what the law said, what the Old Testament, Moses had said in Deuteronomy that we need to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. And then 
talking about loving others. Okay, so this loving others is what we're going to be looking at mostly today, but it's important to also understand the context that it's not just about loving others with our, the love that we muster up, the love that we can do. It's about loving, I think, being prayerfully present. That means that that's implied, I think, that we have a relationship with Jesus and that we are loving God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength and that because of that relationship with Jesus, we are prayerfully present. Then we can, out of that love, then love others around us, including our neighbors. All right, so Jesus answers in verse 28, okay? He answers, you have answered correctly. Do this in you and you will live. Okay, so he's asking, this man is asking, how do I inherit eternal life? How do I get eternal life? Well, first of all, we can't obtain an inheritance unless we are a son or daughter of the person that has the, has the you know, in this case, eternal life. We can't get eternal life if he's asking how we can inherit it. You can't just go up to some person and say, hey, can I get your inheritance when you die? I mean, I guess you could say that they're most likely going to say no, unless you are related to them, (laughs) right? So so it's an interesting question he asks, how can I inherit eternal life? How can I, he's really trying to say, how can I get what you have? How can I get it? And Jesus says, you've answered correctly. If you love God with everything, and you love your neighbor as yourself, you, Jesus says, do this and you will live. Do this and you will have abundant life. Do this and you will have the agape kind of life, the life that Jesus promises, the life that is life-giving that Jesus gives us. But this man wasn't, he wasn't satisfied with that answer, okay? So, he wasn't satisfied. He, he's, he goes on in, in verse 29, it says, but he wanted to justify himself. So he asked the question to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And this is a good question. I just don't think it's the right question. We'll look at the right, maybe the better question later. But he asked this question, who is my neighbor? Because he wants to feel like he is doing what's right. He wants to justify his actions. So Jesus replied with this parable. And he said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was stripped and attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and they beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Now there was a priest that happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, he came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity. He had compassion on him. He took pity. And he went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, and he poured on oil and wine. And he put the man on his own donkey, and he brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day, 
he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. And he said, look after him. And when I return, I will reimburse you any extra expense you have. The parable ends there. And Jesus then asks this question. He says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell in the hands of robbers? Which one? The priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? And the expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. All right. There's a lot to that parable. There's a lot to trying to understand what that's all about. And often I think maybe this is a parable that if you grew up in church or you're familiar with the Bible, maybe this is a, a common parable that we've heard a lot. And so some, sometimes, and I, I have the habit of doing this myself, is we just kind of skip over, yeah, I know the story, I know the story, I know the story. But we kind of don't really dig into it. So I just want to invite you to kind of think about this with me today. He, he, this expert of law asked, who is my neighbor? And Jesus' reply was this story, this parable. And he, he gives this, this example of this man who is, who is beat up and left for dead. And three different people had the opportunity to be a blessing, to help this man who is in great need. Three different men. Three different opportunities. Only one of them actually did something about it. And, and as we look at this, why didn't the priest and why didn't the Levite, why didn't they care enough? Well, I don't know. I, the, the answer is I actually don't know why they didn't stop. But I don't think that was the point, why they didn't stop. It's that they didn't. They didn't meet this man's needs. And we can, we can kind of guess and we can kind of speculate. And, and so as we, as we look, especially like looking at this first man, this first man was a priest. He, he was who the people looked up to. He's what the, the people who, they, when they heard the Old Testament, when they heard the scriptures, when they, when they were trying to be holy and understand what was right with God, how to be living for God, they would listen to him. They would listen to the priest. And, and the priest wasn't practicing what he preached. It, he, when he saw a person in great need, he went as far away, away from the man so he wouldn't have to be too close that maybe the man could reach out and grab him or, or what. Now, there is some kind of good excuses we, he can come up with. He's like, well, I'm on this road and, and, I, and if I touch someone who is unclean, the law says that then for seven days, the priest would then be unclean. And then, so for seven days, he's not going to be able to perform his duties. He's not going to be able to do his job. So he kinda, maybe he's kind of making excuses for himself. Well, I can't, I can't be the one that helps him. I can't really do that. Uh, maybe someone else... Will, will come. But Jesus doesn't say that he went to look for help. Jesus doesn't say that he prayed that this man would be healed or, that, or 
No, it just says he, he went as far out of the way as he could. You know, we all have opportunities to help our neighbors. You know, maybe they're not in desperate need like this, this man that was lying on the road half dead. We all have opportunities. You know, there's people that we see regularly, whether it's at our jobs or our schools, whether it's where, where our, kind of our social activities are, sports or clubs or whatever they are, we have opportunities to love our neighbors. That, that includes people that we see regularly. And that's kind of our first point today is, that, is how do we look at neighbors? Well, it's, I think the first thing is people that we see regularly. Notice in this scripture, it, it says, it, it talks, when, the, when this priest saw the man, it, it said when he saw the man, okay? Notice that it didn't, it didn't just say like he was like down in the ditch and he didn't see him and he was like, oh, no, he saw the man. He saw him. And this is maybe somebody that he saw. We don't know. We don't, we don't know if this is someone he recognized or not. Maybe it was somebody he saw regularly in his synagogue. Maybe it was. We don't know. But people... We can be a neighbor to people that we see regularly. And I think that the point there is it's not just that it's like some random, some random person that could be out there. It's no, it's someone that's in our path that we see on a regular basis. So let me ask you, how do you, how do I, remember our main idea, being prayerfully present, how are we being prayerfully present with the people that are in our path on a regular basis, that, that we see regularly. How, do we, how are we prayerfully present when we're in a situation where someone needs help? Maybe it's not as obvious as a, a person laying there half dead on the road. But how, are we being prayerfully present or are we being feeling too important or too... I don't want to get involved. I, I, I just, it would be, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of messy. I don't want to deal with that. You know, maybe like the priest, when the rubber meets the road, you don't really want to show the love of Jesus. And, and so maybe we think, oh, that's not really my neighbor. That's just some random stranger. That's not, I don't need to be neighboring to someone that's, not actually my neighbor. You know, we have opportunities. We have opportunities on a regular basis to see people, to see our neighbors, to see people that we go to school with, to the, where we work with, where we have soccer practice, or whatever is, that's what kind of what's in my life right now, parents of soccer and softball and all these sports, right? We have opportunities to see people. We have opportunities to interact with people, to show the love of Jesus with people, people that we see on a regular basis. You know, one way to show that we are a good neighbor, show that we have the love of Jesus and we want people to know about Jesus, we have VBS coming up. 
<laughs> and I know Susie's going to talk more about that later, but, but you can invite someone to VBS. A lot of people have either kids or grandkids, or they know of kids or grandkids, so we can be inviting people to come to a place where they can hear about Jesus, and they can learn about Jesus, and they can grow in their relationship with Jesus or come to Jesus for the first time. So we have opportunities for the people that we see on a regular basis. How are we going to use those opportunities? So then let's, let's look at the Levite for a minute. The, the Levite, he was someone that his duties, his responsibilities, he was involved in the worship of the church. He was involved in worship, uh, in helping people worship God. So we have a priest. About, he was, his main job was letting people know about what God said. And then we have a Levite, someone that was helping people in whatever form of worshiping God, some, some kind of temple duty. And yet this man also, he didn't stop to help. It, it also, but it also says in verse 32 that when this Levite came and he saw him, when he saw him, it doesn't just say he just passed by. No, but when he saw him, he also went on the other side of the road and did not help this man. You know, there's opportunities, not just in the places we see people regularly, but there's opportunities in the places are the people that live closest to us. You know, often when someone says neighbor, they actually think, or like when I was a kid, I always thought neighbor means the people that live right beside me on this side or right beside me on that side. Those are my neighbors. And really, those are more next-door neighbors. But neighbors, if, if you live in a neighborhood, and I know a lot, a lot of people live either in the country or in town, and so they don't, might not have a neighborhood. But people that live closest to you are people that we can also share the love of Jesus with. Okay, so our second point today is that we have an opportunity to love neighbors, that, and that includes the people living in our neighborhood. Now, keep in mind, if you live in the country, it's not, I know it's not a neighborhood, but people that live closest to you, let's just say that, Okay? We have opportunities to live, to, to, to be a witness to people that live closest to you. Now, I know sometimes it's easier just to, to not, in, to, to, to drive past or to, to not engage with the people that live closest to us. Uh, the Art of Neighboring is a resource that I'll be using for this series. It's a, it's a book, but also it's on Right Now Media, a sermon, uh, it's a, a, a video series. Um, and it was, it was written for a way to help us build genuine relationships right outside our door. A quote that they say, the authors say is, when we try to love everyone, we often end up loving no one. So some, sometimes we're just like metaphorically, well, Jesus is saying, love your neighbor. That just means everyone. And I do that often too. I say, love God with all our heart, and love people. But when we love people, then sometimes it's kind of a cop-out, isn't it? It's kind of like, well, I, 
I'm just supposed to love everybody. So sometimes that looks like actually loving no one. And, and they go on to say, if, we're, if we are not intentional, if we're not intentional, we end up having metaphorical love for our metaphorical relation, or neighbors. And then in the end is that we actually do very little to show the love of Jesus to people. So their, their, kind of their point is we need to be intentional with the people that live near us. To be intentional how to build relationships with them. How to include them. How to be a witness. Uh, often, we're not, gonna, we're not just going to knock on someone's door, our next door neighbor, and be like, hi, I'm Luke. You need to know about the Jesus that I, that I love. So you can, you know, we're usually not going to be just like straightforward, like to the point. But because we have the opportunity to live next to someone, that also means hopefully we have the time to, to invest into relationship. Invest into letting them see who we are and what we value and who we love specifically. That we love Jesus with all our heart. You know, I've, I've heard people say, well, I'll, I'll show love when I get to a country. When I, when I become a missionary. I'll sh- I want to be a great witness for people. Well, you know, I want to be a missionary. I want to go overseas. I want to do this. But who are the people that live across the street from you? Do you show love to them? Are you being a witness for Jesus wherever God has you right now? And if the answer is no, then maybe God's not really calling you to go to the ends of the earth if we're not even loving the people that are in our life right now. That doesn't mean he's not, but let's invest in the people that live near us. So let me ask you again, I know a lot of us are busy. I know a lot of us get involved in a lot of things and, <clears throat> and we kind of end up neglecting our actual next-door neighbors. But how can we be prayerfully present with the people that live closest to, to you? How can we be prayerfully present? It, it's going to look different in every situation. But I think when we are seeking the Lord and when we're wanting to bless others, He's going to give us opportunities to be a blessing, to show His love to the people that live even closest to us, to be intentional. Now, we looked at, we looked at the, the priest and we looked at the Levite. And now there's this third character in Jesus' story and this third character is meant to be alarming. To the Jewish people, to the, the people that Jesus was talking to, Jesus said, love your enemies. But I think they, they had a really hard time thinking about loving Samaritans. Now, the, the history of Samaritans and, and the Jewish people go back several hundred years from that time where when, when the Israelites were taken into captivity, that Babylon's, they wanted to make sure that, that, no, that, that the land was still being used and that it, was, it wasn't just going to waste. And so they sent in some of their own people to go intermarry with 
the, the remaining Israelites. And so the Jews and the Samaritans, they don't like each other. In this, in this current context, the Samaritans, they have felt uh, blame. They have felt just being against, that, they, that the Jewish people were so against them um, because the Jews came back and they saw that these people were in their homes and their land and they were claiming to be Israelites or they were claiming to be like, hey, this is, this is where we live. But they're Samaritans. And so they, <clears throat> there's this big conflict and there's more to it than that. But the summary is they don't like each other. And so when Jesus says there was a Samaritan that came on the road, the people were supposed to think like, wait, a Samaritan? Surely the Samaritan is going to reject the Jew also. I mean, the priest rejected him, the Levite rejected him. Of course the Samaritan, he's going to see he's a Jew and he's going to keep going. I mean, he might even turn around and go the other way because he doesn't even want to get close to the guy. But Jesus says, he said in this story, in this parable, he said the Samaritan took pity on this man, even though they were supposed to be enemies. This man, this Samaritan man, he saw a need. He saw this man that was laying there half dead on the road. And it says he took pity. Or it, it, it's, like it's a way of saying he took compassion on this man. He was so compassionate that he just had to help. He, he felt so bad for this man, he, and he put, had empathy. Man, if I was in this situation, I would want someone to care for me. And so we see what he does. He, he puts him on his, he cares for his wounds, and he puts it, him on his donkey, and he takes him to a place where he can get care. And he doesn't just drop him off and I'm done with him. He pays for, the, the, for his wounds to be, or to be for, that he would be cared for. And he said he'll come back and pay the rest later. He was a man that was showing that he loved his neighbor, even though they were enemies. I think Jesus was, there's a lot of things that Jesus does that were very against what the people thought, including what we think. Like, how could he do that? That's, that breaks cultural norms. We just, we don't associate with them. Who are we not associating with because we think that's what we're just supposed to do? Even as in the Christian church, often there's still, well, I don't have a problem with those people. I'm, I'm just not going to talk to them. I'm just not going to, I'm just not going to love them. We probably don't say that. But, but often, churches, the church of Jesus, not like our church, but the church, general church of Jesus Christ, is very divided. Because we don't want to love the person that's in our path. We don't want to show mercy. We don't want to have compassion. Or maybe we want to, but we just don't. And so our third point today is that we have opportunities to, to bless our neighbors. We have opportunities to love our neighbors. And that includes people we encounter who are in need of mercy. We, it's not like this happens maybe every day or every week, but there's opportunities 
that Jesus gives us. He gives us opportunities where we can show compassion, give someone grace, give them mercy. It's most likely not going to be a person that's laying half dead in the road in front of your path. But there's ways that, that we can show mercy to people. The, the Samaritan man was too compassionate to pass without helping. He had pity on them. He wanted to help. He figured out whatever. We don't know how busy he was. We don't know where he was going. We don't know how much money he had. But whatever the case was, he stopped. He had compassion on this person and he cared for him. Now think about, in a, think about a time in, in your life where you were in desperate need of help. Now I don't know maybe what that looked like, but you needed someone to show you mercy. And maybe there were some people that just laughed at you and went on by, didn't care at all. And maybe there was one person, like the Samaritan man, that stopped and took pity, stopped and helped. Now, I don't know if that's a physical need you might have had, or that's emotional or, or, or some kind of relation. I don't know what that kind of need was, but maybe you've had that experience in your life where someone showed you mercy. Or someone helped you when you were left for dead. And even if you can't think of a person, we can all think of Jesus. Because when we were dead in our sin, when we had no chance of having salvation, when we had no way of having life, Jesus came to our rescue. Jesus came and He maybe metaphorically, put us on his donkey and cared for our wounds. But he was the one that saved us. And maybe, maybe you don't know about Jesus, or maybe you don't know that he's done that for you. But Jesus willingly died on the cross for each of us, for each of us that put our faith, put our trust in him alone. So maybe the question shouldn't have been at the end of this story, or this, uh, this man, who is my neighbor? Maybe he shouldn't have said, who is my neighbor? Maybe the question that we should all be asking ourselves is, how am I showing love to the people in my path? How am I loving those who I have the opportunity to love? Am I being a good neighbor to those that Jesus has put in our path, whether they're living next to us or we see them on a regular basis or maybe they're just in need of mercy. You just come upon them and you see that they are in need of mercy. Are we loving? You know, our main idea today is loving our neighbors is about prayerfully, being prayerfully present with people. Are we being prayerfully present wherever we are? Are we asking the Holy Spirit 
to give us wisdom to know what to say, to know what to do, how to be present in people's lives. Let's not be too busy or too important or, you know, like the, the priest or the, the Levite. But let's be like this Samaritan, this Samaritan man who saw this man who is in need of mercy. And he stopped and he cared. And he was the good neighbor. He had a heart for that person. Let's have a heart for the people that, that God puts in our path. There's a, there's a song that the choir sang on Friday night, which really enjoyed the Johnstown Christian Church, Christian uh, school choir that came and they had the handbells and everything. There was, there was many songs that were super blessing to many of us. But this one, one lyric of this line, a song that we sang near the end, was from a, a song called Build My Life. And it's a prayer where we, say, we are saying to Jesus, show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. And I think that's a great prayer for us that we would, that we would ask Jesus to show us himself to us and that we would be filled up with his love we'd be so overflowed with his love that we would just be pouring out and wanting to love others and we would understand his heart and that he would lead us to be prayerfully present with those around us being showing his love wherever we are wherever the people are that we see whether it's people in our, where we see regularly, or as people that we see in a, the homes nearest to us, or maybe it's just the person that we see that's in need of mercy. Before we close, on the back of your sermon notes, there's a resource that the Art of Neighboring is letting us use, <clears throat> encouraging churches to use, and it's called a, a block map. Now, it's definitely based for people that live in towns or cities. I know that. Um, but the idea here is to, to see if you can identify who lives in the houses closest to you. And so the idea is on this, on this map, there's, you're supposed to be in the middle, so you put me in that spot. And then however you want to think about it, people across the street, people behind you, however, but this... See if you can fill out, see how many houses and names you can fill out for the people that live closest to you. That's that's the first thing. And then I want you to then take time this week to be praying for each of these people, the people that live closest to you. And then the challenge during this month of this sermon series is to begin learning the names of the people that maybe you don't know who they are. So take a few minutes and uh, just work on this uh, neighboring challenge, if you would. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. 
we thank you that you are a God that shows his love to not just us but to your your world the, all the people of this world and God I pray that we would be showing your love that we would be prayerfully present to the people that you put into our path wherever that is whoever needs your compassion and your mercy Jesus, we pray that we would be instruments that give your love and show your love to others. We pray as we go through this this series about neighboring, that God, that you would help us to, to be intentional with those that are next door to us, with those that maybe we're learning their names or we don't know their names, or maybe there's people that we've known for 25 50 years. Whatever the case is, God, we just pray that we would be showing your love and being intentional in this way. We pray that we would just be able to get past maybe the awkward conversations or be able just to to really connect with people and show them your love, Jesus. We pray that we would have a heart for for you and for your mission of loving people and loving you with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.